Welcome to footballgameplan.com, where football makes sense. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, joined with Teron Davenport and a special guest, Brandon Howard from Sports Talk Florida. And we're recapping day two, both north and south practices from the 2016 Reese's Senior Bowl. It's been a cold and rainy day here, guys. Like the last two days has been tough because. You know, you have guys out here planning these elements, right. and you kind of know people don't want to get hurt. They, they want to go full speed in front of these scouts, but they don't want to get out there and risk not being able to play the 2016 NFL season. <laughs> exactly. Um, but they've been having a lot of a lot of fun. Uh, just a brief overview of what you've thought so far uh, from the two days we've been here before we dive into some fan questions, starting with you, Brandon. I guess we got to toss it off to you. <laughs> what are some of your overall takes from, uh, just in general, from the 2016 recent Senior Bowl? Um, I think the, the North squad has had some kind of spirited practices, um, and they've really attacked things with the one-on-ones and things of that nature. And uh, as far as the South is concerned, you know, they, they've come out um, kind of not lollygagging, but, you know, not so much intensity at the beginning of the practice, and they kind of eased their way into things. So uh, we'll see how, how things go along with the, with the rest of the practices. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned how the South team is not bringing the same type of intensity right. as the North team. Right. The last couple of years that we've been here and saw uh, Coach Gus Bradley, mm-hmm. it's been actually the opposite. They've been uh, the more energetic team. So it's interesting seeing things uh, change a, a little bit this week. Right. Yeah, it's just tough because, you know, you, you want to come. And I think the weather has a lot to do with it. When it's, when it's nice outside, everybody's energetic, they're into it. But now you're getting, you know, guys – letting the elements play into how they practice. Um, a few guys don't care, and they're out there. There's always a few. Right, they're, they're <laughs> out there balled out of control. But um, tackling some of these Twitter questions right quick, we got a bunch for this podcast. Uh, at Bucks Briefs asked the question, specifics on the defensive end position, or on the defensive ends that are participating, and those that fit more in the 3-4 versus a 4-3, and what traits lead to that opinion? Um, it's a very detailed question. So, I'll start with you, Teron. Who are some of the DNs standing out there that you think would be more of a fit 4-3-4? Well, as far as the defensive ends that, that I think would be a fit for the uh, the 3-4, uh, I think Carl Nassip is a guy that, that, that could be a 5-tech because he, he's, he's a bigger guy, and, and I think that, that he's someone that, that would actually be good at that position. Um yeah, that's a that's a good question because honestly, I haven't really thought about guys as defensive ends in the three four. But I mean, if I had to place one guy, just looking at the North team, it would have to be Nasty. I think um, Matt Ioannidis, Temple. I mean, we saw him at Temple. They played in the four three, but they were multiple. Uh-huh. They had a, they had three four fronts depending on who they're playing. Sometimes they may move guys around. You may have seen. Ionitis and a seven technique. So I think just by a sheer versatility standpoint, um, being able to play the nose, being able to play the five, I think he can even four 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 eye, you know, play a little bit inside, inside. like that. So I think he does a good job um, being versatile. And I would say he would probably be the main one. And he, obviously you want to look at Jerron Reed from Alabama um, coming from a 3-4 scheme. You know, so those are two guys that just instantly jump out at me as some Three, four type defensive lineman. What about you, Brent? I was going to say uh, Adolphus Washington. Mm-hmm. Believe that he could he could uh, two gap or do what whatever is necessary in that uh, in that sort of scheme. Um, I believe that he's stout enough at the point of attack, so to, to be in a three four. So um, he he would have to be the guy that I pick out a bunch. And another question coming from <laughs> at Wolf underscore Badger. Uh, this is this is a guy that's not in this game, but we've seen him last week. Justin Burris. Uh, he asked a question, how has Justin Burris been competing and have NFL guys taking notice? I'll let you take that. That's one of your guys, around. Yeah, yeah, Justin Burris, a bigger corner, 6'1", uh, 207. Uh, he actually competed really well. I like how he was pressing in one-on-ones. Uh, he did talk about his desire to continually be disruptive. So he, he's someone that, that I wanted to go, go back and watch more of. I know um, the Ravens ha- have met with him. Uh, they tend to like uh, bigger corners that, that do press. So he's definitely someone that, that I, I think will fit that, 
that type of mold. Actually, for his size, too, he, he turns and runs really well. There were a couple times last week where he was able to stick with uh, Chris Brown from Notre Dame. So I think that he is a guy that, that should be on the radar and will be on the radar, a later round pick, fifth, sixth round guy that will come in, play some special teams, and eventually move into a, a bigger role on defense. I wish there was a way the Shrine game and Senior Bowl teams would play each other. Mm. You know, like you have That's that game. Idea. And then now you have a all-star game Super Bowl, so to speak, right. to where you have a hundred and something guys on each team being able to get that rotation going. Because there was some good talent last week mm-hmm. that we saw, and it would be interesting to see these guys compete versus what we're seeing out here today sure. uh, or the past two days. Uh, this question comes from Montezuma underscore fifty-five. Who's the nastiest offensive lineman here in Mobile? That's a tough one. You know what? I saw this today, and, and I think he's a good one. I think this would be the guy that I would say has been a nastiest over here. He slammed many of defensive linemen into the ground, and that's Washington State's center, Joe Dow. I thought he did a great job today in, in one-on-ones. And it was, yes, some guys may have slipped, but you still have to be able to keep your feet, be an athlete. And he took a lot of guys to the ground. They wasn't moving him off the spot. He played. He did a, he did a good job today in one-on-one uh, period and also in nine-on-seven. So I thought he showed himself well. He's been nasty. Um, but it has been tough because, you know, it, has, it is a, uh, you know, a bad track, so to speak, as yeah. far as, like, the footing and things like that. But I would say Dahl and maybe even Jason Spriggs from Indiana, I thought he showed some nastiness, too. I thought he did as far as, you know, trying to finish. And that's been one of the knocks on Spriggs as well. Um, he's been noted as one of more of a finesse guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, he's coming out here to try to prove that he's a little bit more nasty than, you know, most people thought. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's interesting when you see guys, and it's tough because you want guys to have that spirited practice, but I think both sides are kind of protecting each other. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, hey, man, it's, it's, not, it's not dry out here. Right. I'm not going to go as aggressive like we've seen in years past. Let's say when a Justin Ellis was wrecking shop in Tampa, mm-hmm. came up here, then met up with Gabe Jackson. That was a big matchup, and those guys were going at it. Right. I don't think we're seeing that, that now. You know, Definitely not. Conditions are definitely uh, playing a, a big part in this right now, but uh, hopefully things clear up. Next question we have from at Blitz Mag Prez. Uh, Malik Spann asked a good question. He said, which players were more receptive to coaching and applied that information on the field? And you really want to see guys because they're getting NFL coaching. You know, the Shrine game is more like a, a you know, mixture of, of guys, college, college yeah. pro, you know, some vets, you know, kind of like the NFL PA right. game. But here you have full NFL staffs. And we've seen some teams in recent years that we've seen Jacksonville a lot. And now you got the Cowboys who run a, a very good practice. Sure. Uh, which players to you, to Ron, have stood out or took coaching very well and applied it on the field? Well, I'm going to have to start with uh, Sterling Shepard. He's a guy that consistently, you know, was, was working after the route with the coaches, you know, working on getting in and out of his breaks. And it, it's interesting because he's someone coming in. Right. I, I know we thought he was a – and still think that way, that, that right. he's a very polished receiver. But – I like the fact that he's willing to continue to work and, and try to get better. Uh, the guy that I'm going to go ahead, another receiver, uh, Braxton Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, he's taken the coaching exceptionally well. Um, you know, he had some difficulty uh, with with uh, returning some kicks uh, and, and kind of losing track of the ball a little bit. Uh, took the coaching really well, and uh, as the practice went along, got a lot better at it. Yeah, and that that's the thing you want to see, man. And it was what's interesting is that. You know, you don't see many mental busts from anyone out here. Right. Everyone has been playing pretty sharp and, and have, have been on point and on task. Um, I would I would say the running backs. I mean, you know, obviously we see this a lot, and we laugh and joke about the running backs and blitz pickup. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can cut in that drill, they would. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, But you got to like DeAndre Washington and yeah. what he's done. He, he really did, job, yeah, he did yeah. a good job. And I think that's just a testament to coaching as far as, like, guys – emphasizing how important this is. And one thing that we see is that both – and we see this in, in, in all these all-star games, mm-hmm. the, the overemphasis of special teams. Sure. You know, and I think it's a good thing because guys will probably have to make their way on special teams if they're not, you know, a surefire starter day one. Um, but that's all coaching, you know, Definitely. guys being in the right spot, doing what you have to do. You know, if you're L5, you got to know what you gotta, mm-hmm. where you got to be, your landmarks and all that stuff like that. So um, – Next question comes from at Ray Hollins. He asks, he's a Bears fan. Um, he asks the question, which player that can have the most impact on his Bears defense at the senior bowl? You know they run a 3-4, right. 
right. with John Fox. So, Brandon, who's a guy that you think instantly could help the Bears' defense out? Ooh, that's tough. That's a tough one. Hmm. I'm going to go with um, with the guy I named earlier, uh, Adolphus Washington. Mm-hmm. I think he could go in there and have a, have a rather immediate impact. He's a seasoned guy uh, coming out of Ohio State, um, played in a different different technique, you know, out of Ohio State. But I think he could get the job done. That's a three. That's a five tech. If I had to pick a guy, I would probably pick Jordan Jenkins. He, mm-hmm. He's a guy that sets the edge so well. It's interesting uh, at Georgia, you know, when you, you watch them, Leonard Floyd really pops out, but uh, he had a lot of flash, splash plays. Right. But Jordan Jenkins consistently set the edge, and, you know, talking to his agent, he, he's still a guy that's very raw. So I, I think that, you know, they could take him and, and really uh, mold him into that, that edge pass rusher and also that guy that they could use to, to funnel the run back inside to the inside linebackers. I know Pernell McPhee is a guy that has been a key for them, but they like to move him around. So you bring in a guy like Jordan Jenkins, that will allow you to be able to uh, move McPhee around and not lose a beat with a rookie coming in and playing. I I like those two picks. I'm going to have to go back to Alabama and Jerron Reed because of how strong he is. I mean, he could one-on bar you and pretty much direct traffic where he wants to, where you want to go. Um, and control. So I think putting him in that defense just automatically just makes Chicago a a really good defense. That was a real good question, and he has another follow-up question, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, Bill Carroll at 11, Bravo 138. We're big fans of Bill. Bill's a good guy and knows his football, so we have to make sure we get the right answer with this one. He asked the question, which cornerbacks and safeties have been the most fluid and shown real ball skills? Well, I'm going to Let's see. I, I think that the kid out, out of uh, mid-Tennessee, mm-hmm. he had the two Byer. interceptions. Byer. Byer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Byer. Yeah. The, he, he had the two interceptions today. I like how, you know, it was a bit of a floater today by, by Brissett, but he, he was able to, to go and he attacked the football in the air. And, mm-hmm. You know, he, he secured it all the way down through through the catch, you know, when he hit the ground. So I, I would say him. But um, another guy that, that stood out has been uh, Harlan Miller. He's someone that, that had a, a good practice yesterday. You know, he, he did a good job today. So he's somebody that I, I believe he's with six feet, six one. Mm-hmm. Six so, one. you know, he has the size that you want. So I, I would look at, at those two guys. And, of course, you got to mention Tavon Young. Yeah. You know, he's continued to impress. Yeah, I was, I was going to go with Tavon Young. You know, he, he's a guy that uh, does a really good job of matching patterns. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he can he can cover, you know, like nobody's business. And really, really patient as far as uh, the jam, you know, uh, making sure he doesn't open his hips too early. You know, so he's a really patient defensive back. And uh, that's a guy, you know, I would have on my team any day of the week. He can definitely play outside the numbers if that's to do so. Yeah, I like Eric Murray out of Minnesota. I thought he did a good job just today alone, yeah. but constantly in the hip pocket yeah. of these guys and, that. you yeah. know, pressing, which means you're going to have to be able to turn and run it eventually when the guy beats the press, you That's know. Right. And so uh, I thought he has done a, a great job so far. But I agree with you guys, Tavon Young. Um, you also look at De- uh, Darian Thompson of Boise State. I thought he has done a good job as well. Um, so we've seen a lot of good – safety play and cornerback play here. So I, I would say a lot of guys have made themselves a lot of money here in, in Mobile. Um, going back to Ray Hollins's question, who's the best ball hawk in safety out there? I think this is a, you know, you might can look at yeah, Kevin Byard, Byard, you know. You also probably could look at Thompson. But I think I think Byard is by far the guy that's the, that has yeah. the best ball skills out the group. When you go back and look at Thompson's film, you know, he, he's awesome, you know, getting getting off the hash, making plays on the ball. Um, but but Bayard has made some plays here that, you know, really, really stand out. And we were talking about that earlier, about guys that can go from red line to red, red line, line or just from hash to sideline. Exactly. And I think Bayard can play hash to sideline, do a great job in intermediate coverage. Exactly. And Thompson can go from red line to red line. I think so, too. You know, and you talked about Jalen Mills possibly being able to do it. Red line to red line. You know, but he's playing corner here, but you think he can be better served? That's safety. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and then he's physical enough to get down an alley and has the recognition to get down an alley and make plays as well. Now, one more question from that he had, I mean, at Ray Hollins had a bunch. Uh, (laughs) But we'll get one more from him before we move on. He's like, who's the best 3-4 inside linebacker not being Raglan with outstanding ball skills? Or a Luke Keekley ceiling or floor? 
He's asking for a lot, a lot. man. Yeah, that's like, a that, lot. That's a lot. You're trying to find Superman, <laughs> that's a lot. man. Um, that's but a lot. I would say, you know, even though he's not an inside backer, yeah. I just want to get the chance to talk about him. But Eric Stryker, man, like, he is tremendous. He's like, a, you yeah. want impact players on defense. You Definitely. find guys like that, and you figure out a way to get them on the field. But I think he's a guy, again, not totally answering the question as a – inside linebacker right um but just a guy that's an impact player you put him out there and watch him do work and i think that's one guy um you know he would probably look for as a as to answer his question but Definitely. you know I, I mean other than that you, you kind of have to go with raglan you know and Deion jones makes a lot of tackles he did a, he did a great job at lsu i think his his sure. ceiling is high because he's still you know he didn't play a lot early on which he should have uh, we talked about that earlier, how they had D.J. Welta out there and mm-hmm. they couldn't stop the run. They mm-hmm. put um, Beckwood in there. They began to stop the run. Deion Jones started playing. They got even better in stopping the run. Absolutely. You know, so uh, I think his best football is ahead of him. But, you know, as a 3-4 fit, you know, can you beat guards uh, mm-hmm. without the help of your defensive lineman? You know, that's going to be the biggest key for those guys that are – um, not used to doing that. Taking you know? on those blocks. Exactly. Yeah. So who's a, a linebacker that you think would be an ideal fit? Well, uh, you know, you, you talk about working on being able to take on blocks and things like that. Uh, Tyler Matikaver said that that's something that, that he was working on. But I, I think Kentrell Brothers is a guy to, to look at. Uh, just looking at what he was able to do at, at Missouri. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about a, 150 or so tackles. So it's very clear that he's able to find the football and diagnose the plays. Yeah, and that, that's important from an inside linebacker uh, side of things. So I think that he would be a really good option for a 3 4 Yeah, another guy is, uh, is Kyler Fackrell. He came here as an outside linebacker, but he has played some inside linebacker in the past mm-hmm. uh, before he tore the knee up. Uh, he's back now, has a little bit. Uh, he's getting his range back, getting a little bit better. Um, but I'd like to see him at the next level as a um, strong side linebacker in a, in a three, inside linebacker in a 3-4. I think that would be the best fit for him. He looked really good. Uh, in the beginning of practice, working on some of those individual drills, yeah. uh, I had no clue that, that he had that ability to, to do that. I just looked at him strictly as an edge rusher. Right. You mm-hmm. know, looking right. at his length and, and everything, uh, you know, you don't typically have a six four guy exactly. playing inside, but right. It, you're right. It, you know, he definitely shows that ability. Yeah. And I mean, this is a nice follow up question by at Doc Pay seventy five. Larry Payton asked the question: Who does Eric Stryker compare to? Ooh. <laughs> I Man. think. I think you just you have to go back to what everybody is 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 kind of copying, yeah. and uh, it, it goes back to a guy a couple years ago. You know, one of the prospects I, I really liked. Right. It goes back to Dayon Buchanan. Right. You know, they figured out a way to get him on the football field. He had a little bit of uh, trouble beating out um, Jefferson mm-hmm. as a starter at safety, so they. You know, they lost Darrell Washington, and they said, well, okay, we, we have to get a guy in here to make plays, and that's all he does. Mm-hmm. You know, and you look at Stryker, I think that he's someone in that similar mode that, that you just you have to get him on the field, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be giving him chances to rush the passer, having him drop back in covers. I mean, he's working on all of that as far as uh, converting into not being as much of a pass rusher. So right. It looks I, solid, you know, uh, in coverage today. Yeah. Look pretty solid. Who would you say he compares to? Man. I honestly, I don't have a comparison at the moment for. for he's Eric Stryker to you. Yeah, he's Eric Stryker to me. I mean, I've never seen a guy, you know, that size be able to come off the edge mm-hmm. and just not get touched. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right. and, and so I mean, it's unbelievable what he's able to do. I, I've honestly, I, I honestly haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. And w- which is interesting because you, you can, we can draw back from a bunch of guys that have had that ability. Right. Let's say from. Uh, the inside backer position, you know, you see a guy like Jonathan Vilma, who was right. impactful. Let's say from an outside, remember Corey Moore that yes. played at Virginia Tech. Yes. You know, virtually unblockable coming off there about six feet. So fast. 235, yeah. right? I think he was a little bit before his time. Right. You know, let's say you look at a weak side backer, you look at, let's say, maybe uh, Levante David, you know, uh, you know, a good – you know, so he, he has a little bit of everything coming from – a lot of different types of, of players. So, right. you know, it, it's tough to, to really narrow down. It is very and tough. Some, some people are going to make, like, uh, size comparisons, which is which is you can't do that. No. That's why I love the Deion Buchanan one because that's someone that's completely right. out the off the realm, right. outside out of the, the realm, outside the box thinking, yeah. but it's a perfect fit, you know. So the striker does a great job in, in, in disrupting plays. This is coming from at AZ5950, the great from 88. 
Uh, for the podcast, guys, who are some of the players that have stood out on the offensive line, defensive line? Well, I think we talked about yeah. uh, a little bit both, but I also want to mention Cole Toner um, from Harvard. Uh, you know, uh, and again, I said this on the on the on our recap video early early this evening. Mm-hmm. But if the Ivy League decided to go full fledged as a conference FBS, right, they can compete right away. They got the money. Who wouldn't want to send their kids to an Ivy League school? Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you look at Harvard with that two billion dollar endowment, you know, I mean that's that's a way to get guys in. And and they've had out of the Ivy League, they've had the most pro prospects. Right. I mean, you look at last year, you had Zach Hodges in this game. You also had the, t- the tight end that plays for Pittsburgh. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's from Harvard. Uh, you also look at uh, fullback Kyle Uschak. You from? Yeah. He was a tight end at Harvard. End, yep. um, there's uh, a good. Receiver, I like too. He's a short guy. Um, he he was number one. I, I can't remember his name, but he's about five nine, one seventy five, mm. blazing speed. I saw them when they played Princeton. So, Harvard has talent, right. and Cole Toner looks like he belongs. And he had a a good practice today. Sure. And just overall, I think he has showed himself well because he had a lot of hype coming in, mm-hmm. and he has played up to that hype, um, despite the conditions and despite all of the you know. Right everything around him, I thought he has done a great job. So he's one offensive lineman I wanted to make sure I highlight because Harvard does play a really good brand of football. Definitely. And, um, you know, again, if they're if they they flirting with it, talk, they they had their eyes on um, that celebration bowl, okay. and they made they put it out there. It's like, we want a bowl game against a lower-level FBS team wow. in, in Miami or in Florida. Mm. So if they can get that, they're testing the waters. It's, you know, it's about money. It's a showcase. Yeah. They can compete. They've knocked off Army. Uh, Yale did last year with uh, Varga. Um, right. And, you know, they got a couple of pro prospects, a couple of draftable prospects this year. Dartmouth has one, the quarterback, Dale yeah. Williams. And Williams, so. Harvard has a couple. And, I mean, listen, I know I'm staring off you know, topic, but yeah. Cole Toner has stood out on the offensive line. Who's some offensive line? Mr. We talked about defensive line a lot. So, who's offensive line stood out to you? I mean, we already talked about it. Or uh, uh, Spriggs, he, he, mm-hmm. he's the guy. I mean, you know, you were looking to, to see what he could do as far as um, just delivering a, a, a good initial first punch. You know, he's doing a good job with that. So, um, you know, that's something that we were looking forward to seeing. And um, so far, he's delivering. And you know, we got a question from Bill Jaffe, at Bill Jaffe, and we answered this as well, which corner showed the best ball awareness. Yeah. Um, you guys gave great answers. Yeah. You know, Tavon Young. Um, the kid from from Minnesota, uh, he's done well. You mentioned Harlan Miller, uh, Cyrus Jones is another guy. Yeah, Cyrus Jones is another guy, but another one that I want to mention is, is the other Jones, Jonathan Jones, Jones, Jones out, out of Auburn. He had a pretty pretty good practice good today. Day. I mean, we're talking about a guy five nine, five ten, and he was going against some of the bigger receivers. He definitely went up and, and grabbed one. Uh, in one-on-one, so he's someone else to mention. And Absolutely. I always like those corners that understand that you have to fight for the ball all the way through the receiver's tough, and uh, that's something that, that he talked about. You know, He said that at some point the receiver's going to come down, so even right. if he is bigger, I'm still going to have the opportunity to punch it off. Exactly. And this question comes from at the real Denzel. We had a lot of questions. It looks like we're moving through these questions. He asked the question, can Dak Prescott get himself in the second round? I'm hearing he's doing well in senior bowl practices. I would love to see him with the Texans. Interesting fit for Dak Prescott. Uh, what do you think, Teron? You know, that's that's a tough one. I, I don't know about second round. Um, I mean, he's a guy. I, I think you could you could bring him in and and. You know, continue to work with him and help him progress towards being a, a, a starter. But I, I just I don't know about second round. Uh, as a, as a yeah, I don't know about second round. I believe uh, you know, third third round. You know, at best, you know, um, is where he'll go. Um, but you know, there there's a lot of things that, that he needs to continue to to, to work on um, as far as his footwork, you know, and just it, it's it's lower body issues, you know, with, with Prescott, you know, and if, if he can continue to develop that, um, I, I think that you know the sky's the limit. But you know, it's going to take some work. He's a developmental type guy at this point. Yeah, he has gotten better each and every year. I, I must say that he has surprised me with with his play year over year. Um, and I think, you know, Texans are interesting, you know, as far as, like, what they need. I think the best quarterback 
for the Texans may even be Cordell Jones. Yes. You know, for yes. what they want to do, coming off that play action, being able to drive the football down, down the, the field, field. Um, and down the field, that's his game. Um, another question, this came from this came from Allen underscore Tipton. He asked about DeAndre Washington. I brought him up on Twitter and said he's owning the blitz pickup drills. He was like, do you see him as a third down back? Well, to me, I don't like that I don't term. like it. I don't third like down back. back. I don't yeah, like third I, down back. I don't back. like labels, yeah. you know. Yeah, can you play running back? Exactly. And, you know, if, you, if you're out there, you're out there, you know. Um, because if third down back is that special, then why not be a first down back? Or, you know, so, you know, so if he can block, he can block. That's exactly. a good part of his game. He's coming out of a spread system at Texas mm-hmm. Tech. So he knows how to, he, he knows how to pick up blitzes. Mm-hmm. He know, also knows how to catch. Um, we know he can run the football. So if he can do all those things, those three things, him being complete is worth more than being a third down back. Absolutely. So I, I think, you know, that, that answers that question. So, I mean, we were, we were attacking these questions back and forth. So um, let's just move on to the north side. Some quick takeaways or some of your takeaways from what we've seen overall from the north. And I'll kick this one off. I really have been – Impressed with Cody Kessler, you know Jeff Driscoll has thrown sure. the football well. Wentz had a really good day. Kevin Hogan has shown some things in, in certain drills, and I think they they have a really solid quartet at the pivot position. What 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 you guys think? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. You know Kessler is a guy that that you know we, we took a look at before the season, and uh, you know as you mentioned, he's a perfect fit in a West Coast offense. You know he's a guy that that. Likes to get the ball to the receivers and in time to catch it and, and run with the catch. So, you know, you can definitely see him fitting in that West Coast, that short, rhythmic type of passing game. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go back to Carson Wentz, though, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but uh, I mean, it's just been nice to, to get to see him, you, you know, so we could see what this uh, whole uh, myth and the hype is yeah. about. And, and again, he's not a guy that I project in the top 10 like some of these, these no. folks are, but. Still, it's just good to see his live arm and, and you know some of the, the things that he was able to do rolling out and throwing the football. Definitely. What about you? Um, I mean, I, I'm on the same page as Teron. Uh, it was good to see a guy like Carson Wentz. Uh, good to see what he's able to do. Uh, he, he delivered some some balls, you know, down the field. Showed off his arm strength. Um, I would like to. I mean, I understand it's difficult to get chemistry with these guys, but I would like to see him at least be in the ballpark sometimes with some of the downfield throws. Um, you know, uh, he, he, he was a little erratic at times, you know, and I, I'd like to see him, you know, get a little bit, bit closer to the, the receivers with the accuracy down the field. And, and you look at the North running backs. I mean, I think both teams have done a great job stockpiling running backs. Definitely. And, I mean, this one, in this game, you know, you look at Tyler Urban. I think between him and Kenneth Dixon on the North squad, you may see a couple of big runs from these guys in the game. So they're I think, pop on. yeah, they're going to pop one, yeah. especially Irvin with that speed. And, and Kenneth Dixon is a guy that can take a swing pass, screen pass, break a couple tackles, and take it to the house. So right. I think, you know, those guys have stood out to me the most uh, this week from the North. Definitely. I'm going to agree with that. You know, And one of the things I think was really important for Irvin was to uh, show that at 192 pounds, he could still – maintain his quicks and uh, you know that's that's something that the weight gain wasn't as as big of a weight gain as, as a lot of us were led on to believe mm-hmm. he did say that the 177 was something that that was listed from his freshman, freshman to junior uh, sophomore year and uh, really it's not a 15 pound weight gain it's a seven pound weight gain right so that kind of changes the, the way that, that you look at things. And he is a guy that still has the quicks, obviously, exactly. as you saw. Yeah, when I saw 177 at 5'10", I'm like, man, did he even visit the weight room during four <laughs> years of college or did somebody show this man to the weight room? But, um, you know, turns out, you know, that wasn't the case, you know. And so that's a good thing for him. Uh, even though I believe that even at 177, if he's running the ball like that between the tackles, it's worth taking a look at, you mm-hmm. know. And, and, you know, he's a guy, especially now as it stands, I believe that he could be a feature back, you know, and I don't think that there's there's any reason to say he couldn't. Hey, listen, I, I've always said, you know, I always bring up the example, work done, yes. 179. Exactly. Over 10,000 career yards rushing. Size is not a skill. You know, oh. if, if he's been 177, 180, whatever it may be, his whole life. And he has, not only did it lead him to get a scholarship at San Jose State, 
but it also has put him in a position where he's at the senior bowl. I mean, he right. was, what, top five in the nation Absolutely. running the football. Yeah. Totally when they yards. knew he was getting the, the yards right. and getting the ball. You was out there. Yeah. I mean, you saw how much San Diego State had the – They uh, committed everything to him. <laughs> exactly. You know, they, they had a, a specific rover set just to, to, to cover him, whether it be coming out the backfield or even just, just to spy him. So that's 100% correct. And he was pretty much the offense at San Jose State – and still put up those numbers. Mm-hmm. So that just, that just it just tells you He's how good of a player he is. Yeah. And you know, enough I know you guys hate talking running backs because I'm standing here with two wide receivers. So let's <laughs> move on to the receiver position for the North. I play running back. Hey, exa- well, you play running back. You both. You, 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 or you're a scat back or you're a third Oh, back. man, come on now. Don't play. <laughs> now, now let's look at the receivers. Overall, receivers and tight ends, let's lump them together. Uh, the guys out on the flank. So what has been your overall take from these from this group on the North squad? Well, I mean, Braxton Miller is just a name that continually comes up. One of the things that I like about it, and Brandon, we talked about this last night. Right. You know, I, I asked you how your interview with him was. Yeah. And because he kind of came off, just I, I didn't interview him, but I was just kind of watching his right. interaction. He came off his cocky, but you talked about it. That's just a, a, a high old confidence. Yeah. And, you know, watching him, one of the things that I liked was how he competed. He, he was a guy that... After after the play, you know, if a DB did something well against him, you know, he kind of gave him a little push. Yeah, and like that. I just I like that in a in a receiver as much as I like it in a defensive back. Definitely. So I think that was that was something that stood out. Uh, I really like the way Leonte Carew was able to to continue to show how strong of a receiver he is. Definitely. You know, he was able to get that subtle push off mm-hmm. to get that little bit of separation. And it's right. going to be interesting seeing how that's going to work in the league, if he's going to get called for the push-offs. We'll but uh, I, I think Carew is, is a guy that, that definitely stood out. Um, so th- those were two guys. I mean, I know you like the, the kid out of Cincinnati. So Yes. Um, I, I, I mean, bottom line, I mean, his ability to get separation at the stem, you know, just little subtle moves he was throwing. Um, you know, he, he was just – I hate using the term, but he was just real slippery. You mm-hmm. know, he was a guy mm-hmm. that, you know, it was just difficult for, for DBs to kind of stay in his hip pocket. And, um, you know, that that's what I really liked about him. You know, he had a really good day. And, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that you see as a polished player. And I don't – I was talking to you earlier yeah. about whether or not he may be related to Lance, Lance Moore. Moore. And right. you can see a guy like this playing 10 years in the league because Absolutely. of his technique, because of his route running, because of his ability to catch the ball in, in traffic and over his shoulder in right. many different ways. Um, so I, I was impressed by his game. You know, it took me a while to get used to that, that new creative helmet. <laughs> whatever that, that was. Right, whatever it is Cincinnati threw out yeah. there. But I also like Braxton Miller, man. And we talked about things. Now, everybody is talking about him as a first-round pick. And yeah. all it takes is one team to fall in love with you and take him in the first round. But there are some things he has to work on. I mean, Absolutely. we've seen him. Uh, you know, we're joking how we always like to, you know, let's go on a tangent a little bit. But we always like to joke about how coaches – are the funniest people in the world. <laughs> the world. You know, so you so you so, so you see uh, a coach will probably see Braxton Miller hopping. It's like I'm gonna call you Peter Rabbit. Right. You, know, you hop one more time, and so um, so he tends to hop a lot, jump right. a lot, jump a lot, hop into his breaks, and then when the ball is coming, when he doesn't necessarily need yeah, to jump, yeah, because that takes away your ability to run after the catch. Exactly. Now, um, those are the little nuances that you see having played the position. Yeah. You know what I'm saying and and, uh, you know, you look at his ability to catch the football. Sometimes he may catch it with his body. Sometimes right. he may catch the middle part of the ball or the back part of the ball, which means he's getting his hands up a little late. Right. And he's not seeing it clearly, and he's stopping it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but if someone hits, hits him at the same time, it could be a drop. Right. So those little nuances is, is something that he's working on in um, trying to make sure his game is, is uh, growing. But – so he still has some polish. Like you like the explosiveness, you like him with the ball in his hands, right. but route running has to clean up and coaches Absolutely. will get him better. Absolutely. But but first round pick for me, you want a guy that can hit the ground running, running. play mm-hmm. early. He can play early, but in I don't slot. think inside, right? Not as a yeah. not as a one or two, but maybe as a three, and then he'll slowly grow into a number two and then possibly a number one. He's got to work on his release on the outside in order to play, uh, you know, in order to play out there. You know, he, he's got some some little things he's got to clean up with, with as far as his footwork and being able to get off with, with his hands as well. So um, get off the jam. Yeah, I think another thing that to look at is just he has to trust what's happening. I mean, he's very shifty, yeah. you know, and he has the ability to – 
you know, use head fakes and, and a variety of fakes to, to get open. So when he does get open, when he beats the defender, he has to just go with it. And, right. you know, you kind of see him make a move on top of move. I wonder if he played basketball <laughs> in the past because it, it's kind of like, you know, the crossover and then bringing it back again. So right. you want to see him clean that part of it up. Right. And as far as the hops, I mean, yeah. it's going to take – one one time going against one of these NFL DBs that is going to read read him when he hops and, and jam exactly. him right to the ground. So right. that in, in itself, I think, will help him uh, just make that adjustment. Definitely. How overall has this offensive line of the North looked to you guys? You know, I think there's, you know, I was talking to a, a coaching friend of mine who who's coaching currently mm-hmm. uh, in college football, and he brought it to my attention that he's watching the practices as well. He's like, man, I, I don't know if the North offensive line is great or the North defensive line is terrible. Right. But I'm pretty sure it's somewhere in between. Definitely. What are you guys' take on the offensive line of the North? They look good. Um, but as far as the tackles are concerned, what I'm seeing is um, a lot of having to turn the chase instead of mirroring, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's something I, you know, I keep a close eye on. You know, you want to see a guy that, that's able to kind of be in his kick slide and, and mirror a guy, you know, all the way around the horn. Yeah, I, I mean, you saw some you saw some of that quote-unquote nastiness. We talk about Spriggs. We talk about Toner. Uh, Dahl <clears throat> is another guy that out of Washington State. I thought uh, Josh Garnett out of, of Stanford had a good day as well. Blight, the, the center of out of Iowa, you know, we know about his career and how productive he's been. Sure. Um, but it's really tough to get a good take on, on until these guys go full tilt because we haven't seen really that that full tilt because of the conditions. Oh, the conditions. You know, we can't we can't state that enough. You know, you gotta on on field turf like this when it's raining, mm-hmm. you know, you have to come under control. You, you have know? to. Because if you don't, that could be in the blink of an eye mm-hmm. at the end of your career. So yep. these guys are being cautious and rightfully so. Right. You can't blame them. And defensive line – um, I, now, I will say this. The, the, my coaching uh, friend brought up the fact that Lawrence Thomas of Michigan State may look like the best offense, uh, defensive lineman out there uh, balling. Um, but that defensive line in the north, they, you know, you have Jahai Ward that looks the part. And, yeah. you know, at some point he, he, he plays well. But overall, consistency the consistency has to get there for him in order to really stand out. Who's a defensive lineman? And you know, you know how much I like Matt Ioannidis out of uh, Temple. I've said this before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all season long, everyone's talking about, you know, everyone else on Temple's defense uh, being the guy. And I'm like, hey, that defense starts and ends with Matt Ioannidis sure. and what he's able to do up front and how multiple and athletic he is. And I came with a big fan of his. I want to say last year, week one or week two, that home game versus Navy. And we talked about this in, in the interview where – He's a guy that uh, understands how difficult it is to play that option. Sure. And it puts a lot on you. And mm-hmm. he was able to hold his own. So I think Ioannidis has has the look of a guy that can make a lot of plays. Who's some defensive lineman that, that has really stood out to you guys in, in uh, your overall take of this defensive line group for the North? Um, I, I came away impressed with um, with Sheldon Day. I didn't think his – just watching his film, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, didn't come away thinking that he was, very, you know, very athletic. And out here, he looks like he's playing at a different speed, you know. So, you know, I guess some, sometimes it does take you seeing a guy in person, you mm-hmm. know. Um, not all the time, but, you know, this was one of those experiences where, you know, he did open my eyes today a little bit. Yeah, I think Sheldon Day is a, is a good option. You know, when we saw him against Temple, mm-hmm. you know, we, we saw him dropping back into coverage. Right. And uh, that, that was a, a benefit of being able to see him live uh, like that. So he definitely came in and showed that he could continue to do that. So he would have to be the guy that, that impressed me. I think Jahai Ward and, and just in, in flashes showed. but you What know, he can do. 6'6", six, six, two, uh, uh, 295, you know, you would like to see him be able to get off blocks a little bit better. Because it seemed like once the lineman was able to get their hands on him, he had trouble uh, freeing himself up. Yeah, I mean, I look at the line, the second level, the linebackers. I don't want to say nondescript, but guys, they've had issues covering the backs out the backfield. Now, yeah. granted, you're dealing with Kenneth Dixon, you're dealing with Tyler Irvin, right? And you're dealing with option routes. I mean, <laughs> you know yeah, those one on ones, they're they're built to lose, right? You know? Yeah. So, hey, you know, so, but I mean, just from uh, from their. Regular season, uh, Medicavis, we talked about him. Fakro, we, we we all like. You know, I mean, that that's that ability to play with length. 
Right. You know, because you could be 6'5 and play like you 6'1. Right. But he plays like he's 6'5 in a good way. He does. Um, Schobert out of Wisconsin, we know how productive he's been. Uh, but just to overall take it, these linebackers, I thought Blake Martinez had a good day too practicing. So uh, what's your guys' take on, on the North linebackers? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I mean, we talked about Fackrell, you know, and I said how I was impressed with how he was able to move inside and well, show the ability to move inside. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody, uh, Blake Martinez, as you mentioned, did have a good day. I was really disappointed that, that Josh Perry came Could, down yeah, with the injury because I, I really wanted to, to, to look at him. Um, you look at that Ohio State defense, there were so many players right. that, that stood out. Well, collectively, you know, that defense was really good, so it was a little bit harder for a particular guy to, to stand I out. I think so. when they had Noah. Yeah, yeah. Noah just, just imagine, you know, yeah. you put Noah Spence back in there. Yeah. Uh, he had a, a really good practice today. He, yeah. he had his own with yeah. uh, Raven Clark, you know, so yeah, that was something to, something to watch. Yeah, moving on to the secondary, man. I, I, I mean, this North secondary, I thought – was well put together by by the scouts or whoever put these rosters together. But um, Eric Murray, Tavon Young, give me those two guys on corner. Let's play play press. Darian Thompson on the back end, covering sideline and sideline. Let's go ball out. What are you guys' thoughts? I mean, you kind of you hit it on the head. I can't really add too much to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are the guys that that stand out. You know, I mean, when you go back and watch the college film, and then when you come back and, and when you come here and you watch them here at the Senior Bowl, you know, you, you see it, it it translate over here. So you know, they're they're having great great Senior Bowls. So is Kevin Peterson too, out of Oklahoma State. I like how he breaks on yeah. the football, and and I think everybody, and I know people are going to say, oh, what about Justin Gilbert? But I do think for the most part. Defensive backs coming out of Oklahoma State can tackle, and they want to tackle. And I like how he's showing the aggressiveness to come up, good pop, uh, good form. He's a a good, solid player. He has done a good job, I I think, in these two days uh, out there on the field. Right. No, I mean, you you pretty much said it. I thought it was interesting, you know, Maurice Kennedy is is a guy coming in I wanted to watch. Sure. He he showed – some coverage skills, but I, I think it, it was really interesting how they moved him to safety. safety. And I really see that as a position that, that he could play and play well in the Absolutely. NFL. Absolutely. He has long legs that's going to help him, uh, yeah. you know, with the range side of things. So, yeah. Kennedy is a guy that I, I want to see how he works out. Now, moving over to the side. Well, first, you know, we got to give love to the specialists. Uh, Kiami Fairbairn from UCLA. You know, the leg on this yeah, guy. Yeah, that was insane. <laughs> I mean, impressive. And we know now in the NFL how bad, how badly you need kickers. Definitely. So it wouldn't surprise me to see six kickers go in the first round because of how bad some teams need kickers. You know, so uh, I think also, uh, you know, you mentioned the Syracuse kicker. Also, I think he's somebody that we should mention. You know, Riley Dixon. It's very important nowadays, you know, field, well, not nowadays, it's always, field positioning has always been right. something that's important. So if you have a kicker like that that could flip the field, or punter rather, mm-hmm. uh, the, the South also had a punter that, that could do it, number 38, his name slips my mind, but both of these guys, really good hang time, and they were punting the ball, you know, 40 to 50 yards consistently. Yeah, right. yeah you're talking about Alex Canal, the Wake Forest on the, on the South squad. Yeah, that yeah. we were talking about that first day. day. Yeah, oh, first man. Thing. It's like yeah. ridiculous. You yeah. can't return anything no. coming from him. Too much hang time. Too too much hang time, and as much as I like returning punts and not right. fair catching and just trying to make things happen, you have to, you you have to, to in that situation, man. You don't want to be on anybody's highlight tape. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's suicide, right? It's suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the salt team, start with the quarterback position, like we did with the the North. Brandon Allen, Jacoby Brissett, Jake Coker, Dak Prescott. Um, this team is close by the Dallas Cowboys. So we've seen a lot more running mm-hmm. from this team, a lot more emphasis on 9-7. Um, we've seen some good action in 7-on-7 seven seven and also in one-on-ones. On one on ones. Uh, I'm sorry, in one-on-ones. But looking at the quarterbacks, guys, starting with you, Teron, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, Jake Coker is a guy that, you know, when you, you watch him at Alabama, he was able to make a lot of plays, yeah. you know, down the field, rolling out. And he, he has some, some – he struggled a bit with that today, yeah. so that is something that was interesting to me. I really wanted to see Brissett, you know, have, have a better day uh, today. So that's another guy that you know, I wanted to just get a chance to, to see him up close and personal. But you know, really, Coker would be the one that, that you know I, I was a bit surprised in, in his struggles. 
Yeah, I don't think Brissett gone. I think Brissett needs his sleeves. Yeah. If he get the sleeves back, you might <laughs> see him go. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you get the sleeves back, you get superpowers as a quarterback. But uh, I think all the great quarterbacks with the sleeves. Vinny Testaverde. Oh, my God. You also look at uh, Jay Cutler, <laughs> Jeff George. You got the sleeves. That means you're a gunslinger. Gunslinger. You, know, you got to yeah. let that arm breathe, Good man. quarterback. I don't know about <laughs> Sam Bradford had the baggy sleeve. Well, he had a replica jersey, right? <laughs> <laughs> he took that out the stands from somebody. <laughs> Who stood out to you at the quarterback position? Um, I think you have to go with, um, with Kessler, man. You know, he, he had a – No, for the South Squad. I'm sorry, for the South Squad. I'm sorry. Um, Going to have to go with uh, – with with I think you know even though you said uh, with Coker you know his struggles you know I, I think that he's one of those guys that you know the more reps he gets the better he gets and I think that's all it's going to take you know and I think that um you know the more the more repetition he gets here as the practices go along he'll show a little bit better yeah I'm I'm, I'm interested to see how Dak Prescott uh, does in the game you know a lot of guys are gamers um, Brandon Allen has played some good football here sure. in practice so you know. Again, in limited opportunities, these guys, it seemed, we, at first we were wondering how this eight quarterback thing was going to work. Right. But I think it has worked pretty well. You know, they've done a good job giving these guys reps. So we can only see what will happen right. uh, game time. And speaking of game time, that's the only way you could judge what's going to happen with these backs. I mean, Definitely. We, you look, we talk about the, the North team having breakaway threats. Kenyon Drake, <laughs> I swear, has like legit speed. Like warp you know, speed. Just warp speed because yeah. he can get on top of you pretty quickly. Quick. Uh, Aaron Green, we talked about this before, yeah. how he can see things and get there. That's right. two, different, two things. different things. You know, you may be able to see it, but you you know, you trust your own athleticism. Like, I can't get to that backside. Right. He can see it and get there, whether it's traditional way, feeling the backside, or awkwardly, he can find himself there and make right. plays. So, uh, and we talked about DeAndre Wood, uh, Washington's ability to block. So, who's some guys that overall take on his on his running back group, Brandon? Um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Aaron Green, you know, his vision, you know, and, and his, his quickness, his feet. You know, he's got great feet. Um, you know, and then uh, DeAndre Washington, man, you know, uh, that, that ability to, to, to pick up blitzes, mm-hmm. man, you know, that that's going to come in handy. Everybody noticed, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he controlled, uh, you know, was it Raglan? It was Raglan. Raglan, yeah. you know. And, Twice. Yeah, I mean, so that, that consistency there. First, you know, okay, it's a fluke. Mm-hmm. He did it again. You know, so um, that, that that's something that a lot of guys are gonna gonna look at and say, you know, he's worthy of you know of, of definitely a mid round you know pick at least. Um, another guy that I really like, uh, Dan Vitale, mm-hmm. you know, out of Northwestern. He's gonna have a, a pretty good NFL career. You know why? Because he can do so many different things. You know, he can catch the ball out of backfield. Uh, they used him at running back at Northwestern. He lined up at tight end on occasion. So um, that's a guy that, that I really, really like, and I will have on my team any day of the week. Yeah, if you're a fullback that, that can't do any of those things but block, I don't need you. I can get an extra guard to exactly. do or a defensive tackle, you know, one of those wild, crazy dudes that, you know, that, that's going to click out on you in the, in the locker room. Right. That's who you want blocking when you're on the goal line. But uh, what about you, Teron? Yeah, I think Kenyon Drake, man, just the speed, like seeing that firsthand. Sure. You know, that's that was that was something to me. Um, you mentioned DeAndre Washington with his, his blocking ability. I like the way there was a rep where uh, Raglan, Reggie Raglan, uh, kind of shocked him with his size and, and mm-hmm. power. And he said, you know, let me uh, let me get that back. Let's run it back. <laughs> right. You know, and he came back, and that's when he, yeah. he began to, to show off against him. So I think that was that was really good to see uh, out of him. It kind of reminded me uh, a couple years ago, Tally Farrell, Lorenzo Tally Farrell, uh, right, the way yeah. he was in, in, in pass protection. And, yeah. and, you know, that's something that, that I know the Ravens really liked right. about him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean – Drake, we talked about this. He's yes. one of those guys that doesn't necessarily need those volume of carries that no. we always say running backs need. No. Some running backs are able to, you know, get started right away mm-hmm. at zero to sixty. He definitely can do that. He can go in cold right. and and break off that eighty yard run. Clemson found that out, yeah. you know, yeah. multiple times in that yeah. ball game. They couldn't catch him. So that's right. We'll call him the microwave. Exactly. Like yeah. Instant. There you go. Instant. That's a, that, that's a good one right there. Using cross sport references right there. <laughs> Looking at the receiver position, this was a good group, man. And I told you. Early, I was going throughout practice saying right. how much I like Paul McRoberts out of southeastern Missouri right. State. You know, the fact that this guy, it may not look – I, I called him Rod Smith. You know, it's like, you know, you, you don't understand why it's effective. Right. But it's effective. It and it's effective 
a lot. Yeah. You know, so yeah. but he can get on top of DBs. He has subtle moves. You can tell he played a lot of football sure. growing up because his little nuance of giving that little small chicken wing in the hip of the defensive get back, get the small separation, yeah. climbing on top of him, and slowing down to the point where, you know, he can still reach out and catch the football, Definitely. but as a DB, you're going to have to play through his body, which is a which is pass interference. And so he's done a good job, man. And um, Again, it, it, it won't look effective. Right. It won't look pretty. It won't be flashy. He'll never have a sneaker endorsement right. or, you know what I'm saying, some fur coats or whatever they do now. <laughs> like, he won't have none of that. But he will catch the football and get over. <laughs> so I don't know who endorsed fur coats. Who's some guys that stood out to you from the South Squad? Well, Joe Namath, he endorsed Well, I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to, to Jay Lee. And, again, you mentioned using your body and making the defender have to fight through you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did that a couple times, uh, running some of the comebacks and, and curl routes. You know, 6'3", 220, so he is a big target. I was impressed with, with Sharon Peak also. He's somebody I, I, I wanted to see. You know, yeah. I, I'll let you go ahead and uh, speak on him. No, I mean, that's cool. I mean, but um, I, I was just going to say, you know, his, his route running was surprising to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I really uh, was impressed with, with the footwork. I was impressed with um, him being able to keep um, the, the drag routes flat. Yes. You know, yes. and, you know, that those are the types of things that create opportunities after the catch. So um, I, I really liked what he was able to do and what he showed today. And, I mean, you can't overlook the obvious. You know, Sterling and Shepard is a guy that just continues to Absolutely. Also. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you look at the offensive line, you know, big production from this group. You know, a lot of Big 12 performers here, Raven Clark, Cody Whitehair, Spencer Drago, um, Drango, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, great talent coming out that conference, the guys that played in those spread offenses. But yes. in this week, you know, they have had their struggles in one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's your overall take from this, this, this offensive line group for the South? One of the things that, that I was really curious about was, was the versatility of, of a couple guys, and that's Fidel Alexander and uh, Cody Whitehair. Um, Whitehair had to move from tackle to guard, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually has done a good job of that. I, I like the way Alexander actually played both positions in, in college and uh, – you know, he relishes the opportunity to, to be a guard. Right. He said that's what he wanted to move inside and do. Right. So he's somebody that, uh, you know, I really wanted to come here and see. And just after seeing uh, LaRaven Clark mm-hmm. in person, you know, at, at the weigh-ins, and, you know, I know you guys aren't big on the weigh-ins, but yeah. I, I like to go just to see, like, the guy's body types and, and sure. things like that. And, you know, 6'6", 307 pounds, and he's – he doesn't look like that, you know. He's a, a leaner guy, eighty-five inch wingspan, so right. he has the ability to to, to reach get out to and the, slap you yeah, right. <laughs> uh, from across the room. You know, right. so that's something he struggled a little bit, and and just you know coming from Texas Tech, a team that you know, has the quick passing game, sure. you don't get to see him drop back into his sets as much. So it's something that you you saw him trying to adjust to. Mm-hmm. There was uh, one play where you know he he got beat by an inside move, and again mm-hmm. Noah Spence really did a Outstanding job against him today. I mean, that ties right into our defensive line. I mean, this group is star power. Mm -hmm. You know, you have Sean Oakman, who was a big guy coming in, Uh, Jerron Reed, Noah Spence, Sheldon Rankins. You know, a lot of people like Sheldon Rankins. Quentin Jefferson out of Maryland, another big-time defensive player. What are your overall takes of this this defensive line group uh, for the South Squad? And do you think they can compete with what we've seen on the north side with their offensive line? Um, a guy like uh, DJ Reader, you know, I'm impressed mm-hmm. by him. Uh, he's been pretty disruptive, uh, being able to kind of get inside and, and shoot the gaps. Uh, he's done a pretty good job with that. And so, um, you know, where his weakness is, I don't think that he's a guy that can two-gap really, you know, but I think that he's a guy that can, can penetrate. So, um, you know, he's, he's – I'm a, I'm a pretty, pretty big fan of, of DJ Reader. Yeah, he's a guy I marked down as well, too. You pointed him out to me, yeah. how disruptive he is. He actually helped – make plays for Noah Spence. Exactly. On one particular play where they collapsed inside, they had to bounce it. He bounced it right into the arms exactly. of Noah Spence. But Spence would get the the, the credit, credit right. but Reader made the play. What about you, Teron? Yeah, I think the strength of this team was the, the interior alignment. Mm-hmm. And 
the strength was just that, the strength. Right. It, you know, you look at a guy like, like Sheldon Rankin, he, he's so strong and able to hold his own at the line. Jerron Reed is, is very clear that, that he's a strong player. And you mentioned DJ Reader. Right. I, I liked watching them in the beginning of practice. Uh, you know, they were working on, you know, using the, the one arm pushing and right. then just kind of using the rip move also. Mm -hmm. So, or swim move rather, to get off of blocks and things like that inside. So I thought that was really interesting. And like I said, you know, these guys, just the strength that they were able to have and pushing the linemen back. Yeah, and speaking of backing the line and pushing the line back, you're pushing them right into the laps of these linebackers. And sure. uh, you look at the linebackers here, I think personally Eric Stryker has been the best linebacker here. Yeah. But you also have to give credit to – you know, you have brothers out there making plays. Deion Jones, I think, is going to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. um, Jordan Jenkins out of Georgia. Antonio Morrison has been all around the football as well. Um, a lot of people have been up and down on Daddy Nicholas. You haven't really heard yeah, his name a lot. Heard, so yeah. let, let's talk about him a, a bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nicholas and his week so far? Well, I know in that practice today he flashed a couple times. There was actually one play where – you know, he was able to get the quick penetration and, and force the play over to Noah Spence, and, and they kind of met up uh, at, with the running back. So, you know, he, he's somebody that I think at, at 227, you're going to have the question of uh, can he rush the passer? Is, yeah. is he too small? And, uh, you know, we, we don't really buy into outliers. I, I think if a guy could play football, he can play right. football. And it's all about keeping your chest plate clean, you know, not allowing them to get their hands on you. And if you could – come around the edge and, and dip the shoulder, you use the lean and, you know, work the lever side of it, you can develop that. Well, not develop, but you, you can actually utilize that strength, so to speak. So you can use your, your size as what's perceived to be a weakness. You can right. turn it into a strength. Right. All right. Um, he, he, he's a guy that um, really right now, he's an athlete. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's what he is. Um, you know, he's going to have to, you know, develop – some uh, some moves and a wider array of moves because right now it's just all speed. Right, and you don't want him to be this year's version of uh, Zach Hodges, right. you know, who had the same issues last year in the Senior Bowl and throughout the entire week. You know, tremendous athlete. They try to line him up as a defensive end. He can't rush the pass. Right. They try to line him up as a strong side back. He couldn't really cover. Um, the only one that was able to show a little bit of Versatility was Lyndon Trail, right? You know, and right. being able to even play tight end, yeah, you know, but, his own. Yeah. right. And and so now Daddy Nicholas and, and what he's bringing to the table, you want him to be able to, especially coming from Virginia Tech. You just kind of assume these guys can play. Like you see Virginia Tech defensive player, you kind of just look the other way and go look at someone else yeah, because right. you already know this guy can he play. play. He can right. be he's going to be technically sound. He's going to make a lot of positive plays. We saw a guy last week in mm -hmm. Luther Maddy yeah. um, talk about that. And these are guys that are, quote, unquote, undersized. But they talk about how size isn't a skill, which is something that we all oh, preach. Say, yeah. um, so, you know, interested to see how he does in the game because you want to root for the kid to do well, Definitely. you know. And you want to see him have that same impact that he had coming into this season. He was a name guy, and you want that to continue to, to move forward for him and it's to help him reach his highest potential. Now, going to the defensive backs, this is a, I think this is a money group right here. Harlan Miller, Cyrus Jones, you know, Jeremy Cash, Kevin Byard. I, I mean, you can go on and on, on here. Jalen Mills, uh, the kid out of William & Mary, DeAndre Houston Carson. So, Sean Davis, another one that, that's Davis. versatile. Yeah. Um, what's your overall thoughts on this group here? Versatility. Yeah, you said it. You know, these are guys that, you know, can, can make a defense multiple. You don't have to sub guys in and out, especially the safeties when mm -hmm. it comes down to the safeties. Um, these are guys that can drop down, play nickel, you know, and uh, they can also – they have the recognition to come drop down in the alley, you know, and defend against the run. So, um, you know, I, overall, I think that this is a, a great group of guys and um, that the future is bright for, for, for a good bit of them. For me, it was specifically the ball skills. and I mean, we know that Cyrus Jones – is, has been one of the, the best corners at Alabama sure. for his time that, that he's been there. So, you know, I, I wanted to, to see how he looked in person. But, I mean, I tell you, I mentioned him before, and I'm going to mention him again. Jonathan Jones is really – he stood out to me yeah. today. Mm -hmm. So you have to mention him. And then you also look at ball skills, Harlan Miller and uh, Kevin Byard. I mean, yeah, again, about him? <laughs> just his ability to, to show that range, as you mentioned, going from hash to sideline. He did just that mm -hmm. on that interception, the last one that he had. Sure so did. I like the way that those guys attack the football. And 
have to mention Jalen Mills again too. Yeah, you know, yeah. I know it's a, that's a guy that you wrote about. And yeah, it's interesting that he can really play safety or corner, Absolutely. and that's something that I think is going to make him a lot more valuable when you're measuring him up against other safeties. Right. So uh, that is definitely something that will help. Him yeah, because see, that's what teams try to do. They try right. to, you know, normally back in the, I say back in the day, like we 50s old, but back when, <laughs> and when we played, you know, teams would try, okay, we're going to go spread. Right. Where's the safety? Attack him. Yeah. He can't cover. Right. But so, or he can't match up. So now, because they've trusted, okay, our third receiver is better either than you, either your third corner mm-hmm. or your starting safety. So now you got guys that can cover. In the slot, they can blitz, they can play the run. Mm-hmm. I think that is the today's game. And so if you're not able to do that, I don't think you're value at all as a defensive right. back. You know, right. how can you – because teams can go empty. Don't have to worry about, you know, a back in the backfield and pick you pick apart. On, yeah, pick yeah. on that guy all day long. <laughs> all day long. You know, yeah. and then, They'll you know, make him quit. And he doesn't quite have the ball skills of a Tyron Matthew, but he mm-hmm. mentioned that – Tyron Matthew is a guy that he really looks up to. And, you know, they do have similar skill sets overall. You know, he just doesn't have the ball skills that Tyron Matthews has. I look at also, uh, you know, I cover a lot of small school guys. You know, I'm, I'm always at these games and stuff like that. So I have to mention James Bradbury. Um, quietly, Samford. You look at Nick Williams. You also look at uh, last year. Last year you Kwaski. had Kwaski. Tart. You know, mm-hmm. now you got. Brad Bradbury, you know, so we've seen a lot of defensive players come out of Sanford uh, program. So this is a guy that I'm going to go back and hit the film room on a little bit more. Uh, what I saw him in passing last year, studying Tart, I thought he did well. Mm-hmm. Saw him earlier this season uh, playing in that SOCON conference, which is what they like to call the SEC of the FCS. You know, they do a great job down there, good football in, in the SOCON. But uh, I thought he acclimated himself well and um, shows a good, but he, he fits in. You know, so I, I like that a lot. True. And we can't mention, we can't end this on, but I'll mention the special. We talked about this before, but uh-huh. uh, Alex Canal, the yeah. punter from Wake Forest, yeah. like he would kill my dreams punting that football that high. Yeah. Like, why you have to punt the football that doggone high, you know, and I can't return it, you know? Yeah. Forcing me to make, he, like, he would, he would probably kill so many people in the CFL yeah. because, yeah. you know, there's no fair catch rule. Right. You got to return that high punt, exactly. You know, but that football is heavy. It, you know, it's made weird, so it's you, you know it's make tough. A Jim Leonard fair catch the ball. Right, exactly, because he was ruthless. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Pac-Man Jones, Adam Pac-Man, Jones. Yeah, yeah. You know, so what are your thoughts on the specialists? Yeah, you mentioned Canal the kicker, but hey, uh, the punter rather. But what about the kicker, the Duke kicker, yeah. Ross Martin? Got probably the, the loudest cheers from his teammates. You know, it was what and sixty something yards. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he he booted it, and it just was like the ball just continued and continued and continued yeah. it and just cleared the goalpost. I think it was sixty, 60 yards. yards. Yeah. See, they're not see I, this is the part. Let me look at the North Squad. Okay, now I can't make this point about the North Squad, but the South. You got Duke and Wake Forest. These are two really good institutions, That's right? right? Academics. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they figured out a way to make their footballs go higher and farther. So I wouldn't put it past that. <laughs> I'm cheating. I was, I, I was saying, you know, they're, they're cheating over there, man. You know, that, that's like why do guys from the Ivy League or these these Ivy League schools from the South, like Tulane and Duke and Vanderbilt and Rice, take good angles to the football? They understand angles. You know, it's just it is what it is, man. It's just it is what it is. Now. Let, let's wrap up this podcast, man. This was great. We went an hour long, but we had a lot to cover. We had a lot of questions. Absolutely. We had a lot of good information. Um, we're going to go have some adult beverages now. Um, yes, most definitely. Most definitely. But before we get out of here, I have to tell everyone where they can find our information. Um, you want to find all of our podcasts, hit us up on uh, our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And thank you for joining us, Brandon. Howard from Sports Talk Florida, Absolutely. special guest here, and where people can find out more information about your writings and where they can follow you on social media. Yes, you can find me at uh, www.sportstalkflorida.com, and you can uh, find me on Twitter at S-P-R-T-S-T-L-K, Brandon. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in wondering why you and these vowels don't, don't get along. I don't like vowels, man. Same. Just want. I always wanted to know that. Like, just wanted to know that. My email address, everything. No vowels. You know, you make it. You make me have to think when I'm trying to contact you. You know, like which letter did he take out? Is it the S or you know? It's not gotta think. You know. So, where they can find you, Ryan? 
Well, you can find out. Well, first of all, thank goodness for autosave. You know, save your contact. <laughs> right. I, I just hit the B. And I don't want right to be contacted. All right. Let's just let's let's just get that out there. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you can find me on Twitter at T Davenport underscore NFL. And, you know, just be sure to, to continue to check out the interviews that, that we've been able to do at these All-Star Games. And we'll continue to, to do more with, with some of the things that we have coming up. Uh, you really like the covers that we're doing. We have some really good things rolling out as far as player comps and just different roundtable type discussions. So definitely stay tuned to our website. Yeah, we got a lot of great stuff coming out for the draft. And, you know, this this – officially kicks off draft season for us Definitely. you know you know we got the two all-star games out the way um you got the super bowl coming up in a couple of weeks we're excited about that and um we're going to preview that as well in depth and we're going to get this draft thing kicked off uh when we get back first week of february we're going to start rolling out some of these these great things that we have going and you can follow me on twitter at fball game plan uh, just visit footballgameplan.com subscribe to our youtube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan and for Tehran, for Brandon, I'm Emory Hunt, the Zarg Playbook. We'll catch you guys later. We'll provide tomorrow. We'll have uh, these two guys are vacating, so I'll, I'll provide a, a good recap of the week and also some practice awards like we did with the Shrine game. So be on, lookout, be on the lookout for that, and we'll catch you guys on the flip side on Twitter. And you can always find us always surrounding your internets with an S. <laughs>